everyone welcome back to a new episode of radio arma this is the uh, 39th episode wow we are already near uh, our 40th episode it's it's going s- super fast thank you all for listening as usual you can find us uh, on the well on our website uh, radioarma.com uh, you can find us on multiple platforms now you can find us on uh, spotify on google podcasts on Spotify, on Spotify, I already did, said that. On um, uh, on the SoundCloud, as usual, PC. That's our main feed. Um, I've had uh, several emails um, asking for the feed for the RSS field, um, or RSS or RRS, whatever the name is, uh, RSS, I think. Um, so we'll, we'll put a, a, that link available somewhere i don't know where yet uh so that you guys can integrate our podcast on your website or whatever on your personal feeds uh wherever you want um but yeah um thank you all so much for um following the show today is going to be a very cool episode it's uh, the release of the art of war dlc and uh before we go directly on that topic cyrus it's time for a mod review mod review indeed um it'll be fairly short this 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 episode uh because there's not really been much that's come out since last episode uh but there have been two really interesting ones that i've picked up uh, that I wanted to talk about. The the first one I've got here um, is called Forward Scan Sonar for Ships. Um, it's a pretty cool little uh, little piece of technology. I've actually I've, I've sent you a, uh, a a link to the the video of it in action there, Flash. If you want to take a look, but basically, what it is is um, someone's somehow written an actual like functioning sonar imaging device that. Uh, can you can use on a boat and it shows you like what's under the water what's in front of you it's uh it's it's really cool um not sure how useful it's going to be for people but i mean if you've got like a an idea for an, an underwater sort of mission or if maybe even in in your your armor 3 life servers if you wanted to add like you know treasure hunting under the water and stuff um then uh you can um yeah make use of that um, the the other one is uh, it's called Advanced Developer Tools, and uh, this one's really handy for all you scripters out there uh, who like to make complex scripts in game. Um, basically, it's taken a, a full editor from uh, like outside of game, like you would expect to see in like a, a Notepad plus plus or something like that, where it's modified, uh, where where it's got all the uh, the debugging and things like that available for you, and um, they've brought it into game. Um, and it's it's not just a text editor either. It's got so many crazy features. Like you can uh, sit there and watch variables. It's got uh, the ability to like quickly put in like debugging like three D lines and stuff. Uh, it's 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 an amazing piece of tech. A lot a lot of it actually just goes way over my head as to how they've even managed to get this in game. 
But um, yeah, definitely take a look at these two. Uh, well worth your time, especially if you're uh, developing developing mods or uh, missions. Definitely look at getting that advanced developer tools. So we are very happy to welcome today on the show uh, Nellis. Uh, his real name is Niles. Uh, you obviously all know him as our uh, very famous community manager. Hello, Nellis. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It's cool having you. We, uh, if you you guys have not uh, listened to our uh, first interview we did with Nellis, uh, it was back in 2019, uh, in November 2019. It's episode 31. You can find that in the list of our podcast. So if you want more details on who is uh, Niles, uh, you can go ahead and listen to that uh, to that episode. Um, and now, obviously, moving on to our second uh, guest today, Scott Alsworth. Is, am I pronouncing your last name correctly, Scott? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, everybody struggles with that one. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. For you, it's the first time. So let's let's go ahead and introduce you very quick. Uh, you're currently doing all of the artistic direction, the writing of certain of the some of the uh, DLCs, especially uh, the laws, the the art of war. I was going to say the laws of war, but art of war DLC that we're going to be talking about today you started off with the laws of war and is and then uh, more precisely with the contact uh dlc am i correct uh yeah yeah it's been a it's been a long a long journey um and uh, i've had a variety of roles uh over the years um i did in fact start uh with i believe apex uh working on the trailer was my one of my first tasks mm. with Bohemia Interactive doing the scene design and uh, assisting with compositions. Um, then moving on to Laws of War uh, and, yeah, uh, and Contact, uh, where I uh, was basically working as a designer uh, and writer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely over the years doing a lot, a lot of very, very different things. Absolutely, yeah. And so, so that um, the listeners can really understand uh, your current role, and especially in this DLC, is you're not only the writer, you're also the project lead. So you were, you were given the project, the the full control of the project. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, with this particular project, with Art of War, um, it it's yeah, it's been a little bit. A little bit my baby, but definitely had a lot of help um, from various individuals and the different teams, studios. It's it's still a, very much a collective effort, but um, I've been wearing a, a lot of different hats on this one um, with the writing, design, even a little bit of 3D modeling. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and helping to, to bring it all together. It's a small project, so it's one of those rare instances where you can do a lot of different things and, and um, still somehow maintain a bit of control. Yeah. Well, it, it's a complete pleasure to have you on the show today. Uh, we were talking about you in the last episode. If you haven't uh, listened to the last episode, we had the voice actor for um, um, Miller, um, 
Michael Pithan, and we also had former um, uh, artist lead um, uh, Jay Crow. So we were obviously talking about a lot of topics, and especially uh, writing uh, and the the storytelling, which is a fantastic. Um, um, topic and we're obviously going to be covering this one uh, today with this DLC. So uh, for a little bit of context, we are going to be talking about several topics uh, on this uh, about this DLC. It was out today. Uh, we are currently the uh, th- uh, the 23rd of February, sorry, and uh, we are going to be talking about its content. Especially, obviously, its its roots. Uh, the fact that it was um, uh, a charity a DLC for uh, ICRC, uh, the Lars Banking Gal- Blanken, sorry, Gallery, uh, which is where the first um, first episode of uh, first part of this DLC takes place. Uh, the second part of the DLC, uh, you'll be able to tell us all about it and and how and where it, it comes from, and obviously the new assets uh, that will be that will be included in this DLC. There are a few, um, some that are static, some that are going to be a real asset for for you guys in your milsim units uh, or more. We'll see. We'll be talking about it, uh, and let's let's just jump directly into it, Cyrus. Uh, let's go ahead and and talk about ICRC. Yeah, what what is the ICRC? I'm kind of curious as to uh, what what they do and things like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good question. Uh, good one to uh, uh, kickstart discussion for sure. Um, first of all, I'll, I'll just make a really quick uh, cavat. Um, obviously, uh, I'm not a, a an ICRC member, um, just uh, an affiliate, um, and you know there are uh, sort of our colleagues. Um, so you know, I can't uh, say anything with any um, uh, authority. Um, but for sure, um, I can tell you a little bit um, from my perspective um, and uh, based on, on, on what I know. Um, the ICRC have a very uh, colourful history. They um, began uh, really in uh, 1863 um, with uh, founded by uh, Jean-Henri uh, Dunard, I think, if, I, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, who um, witnessed um, some really horrible stuff uh, at uh, the Battle of Solferino. Um, and there was a lot of uh, wounded soldiers that, uh, and a lot of the horrors of war that he experienced that, that really had a profound uh, impact on him. And, and this was sort of the kernel of that, that um, led to the formation of the um, ICRC, and I should probably just explain what that stands for. It's the International Committee of the Red Cross, and they they operate worldwide, um, often uh, with uh, just just the Red Cross and the their Red Crescent partners, helping people affected uh, by conflict and armed violence, and promoting the laws that protect victims of war. Um, as well, the ICRC, it's uh, an independent and neutral organisation. Uh, and its mandate, it, it, it stems essentially from the Geneva Conventions of 1949. So they've been around a while and, and they've done some really wonderful work. Uh, I, I think um, 
you'd be hard pressed to find someone who isn't at least familiar with the Red Cross. Um, it's uh, and the ICRC as well. They they have a very uh, you know celebrated worldwide reputation. I think they're yeah. actually active in most of uh, the countries of of the world. I mean, even even in in they also have their branch, which is called the Red Crescent. I think something like that. I mean, I, th I don't know if that's all the same thing, but um, they're active in all of the countries of the world. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, they're their partners, uh, the Red Crescent, and they. As well, I mean, they're they're active uh, internationally, but they they also do a lot of things that that might surprise you as well. Um, they, I mean, it's not just humanitarian aid. Um, there's so much more to it than that. They're, you know, they um, educational programs, raising awareness, and and even things like um, putting people in contact, um, making sure that prisoners of war are, are cared for and that they're uh that they're receiving mail from loved ones and, and um there's a there's a lot there's a lot going on um that they've even been active uh in the response to the um uh covid um pandemic as well so it it it, it doesn't just stop at sort of basic humanitarian action or or, or what you might uh the sort of stereotypical um, actions that you, you might immediately think of when you think about um, humanitarian aid and, and uh, support work. So where does the commitment between Bohemian Interactive and ICRC come from? Where did it all start from? And, and I mean, where, where does it come from? Who decided that it was going to be the ICRC, that kind of thing? Yeah, um, it actually um, goes back quite quite a long way. Um, the CARTS DLC, I, I know many of you will remember it, um, a beautiful, uh, beautiful little little package that was we all enjoyed. Um, Never be topped. Yeah, yeah. Incidentally, one of our um, top selling um, DLCs as well. Um, and uh, it, it, that was our first uh, collaboration uh, with the ICRC or, or first sort of charity DLC which was obviously followed by uh, Laws of War um, and uh, now Art of War. But the, the commitment goes back a little bit before that. And I think um, from my understanding that uh, the first sort of dialogue was opened up between um, uh, my, my colleague and friend, uh, Ivan Bukta, uh, between him and um, our ICRC colleague, Christian Rufer, and uh, they they got talking, and uh, Christian he actually gave a um, sort of uh, like a little seminar, I suppose you call it, like an introduction to international humanitarian law. And he gave this uh, in the Czech Republic at our, our studio uh, in Nišek um, to the whole armor free development team. So uh, I guess this must have been sort of between between Apex and, and, and Laws of War. I'm not sure exactly the dates, but uh, th this, is, this is really when it, when it began. Um, and we went from there, I guess, yeah. Uh, so what inspired you guys to uh, choose to donate to RCRC now? Uh, I mean, why, why was the whole DLC created? 
for 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 a charity to ICOC at this stage of the life of Armor Three. Um, how did this whole project come up? Uh, when we're talking about inspiration, I'd say primary inspiration for wanting to uh, raise money and and donate to the ICRC um, really comes from the ICRC itself. Um, the work that they do is, yeah, I mean, I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it, it is inspirational. Um, and when you go onto their website and you read about the things they do in their campaigns, and especially when you're talking to them directly, um, and uh, hearing about their experiences, um, it, it's an eye-opener, it really is. So I, I would say that this this inspiration to donate to them really stems from the work that they do um, and uh, this, this sort of real real world, real work. Um, and it, it yeah, it, it really is amazing. Um, but there, there's also... Uh, inspiration from um other games as well um especially uh you'll remember this war of mine uh that they oh, yeah. uh, raised money for uh, i believe it was war child uh, if, if i remember I think correctly. so yeah yeah and um you know this was a, this was a really really great initiative um why now why now in uh, armor free's lifespan well, I guess uh, the world hasn't changed much. Uh, the, the, the need to support charitable organisations, especially now with the COVID um, pandemic, um, really, you know, we, we wanted to do something. Um, and I think, you know, not just ourselves, um, the rank and file, but also management. Um, I know our CEO, I think uh, we, we all felt compelled to, to do something um, that would have some, you know, real impact um, in the world, and 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 in a small way, try and try and make some, some some difference, you know, um, and to try and uh, do something uh, for the ICRC. Well, oh. that that's very good news. Sorry, Nidis, you were going to say something. Well, I was just going to only add that, uh, like, uh, you know, he, Scott has already mentioned our our longstanding history with uh, the ICRC. We have a, a we've had a, a very uh, communicative and like friendly uh, partnership with them in the past, and so um, it, it doesn't make that you know easier to you know kind of coordinate and do things like that. But like uh, Scott said, you know, for, forefront is that they're truly passionate about what they do, and you can really tell that through their communication um, they're very they're very you know particular about getting you know the right message out there and uh it's important you know what they're doing um so it's it is it is in it's really it is like you said inspiring to see kind of what they what they do beyond what everyone just might think of you know you're just giving money for something it's it's there's a lot going into it and beyond that in the back end um and to to see some of that you know we're hoping to show that some and and through our you know, our content and um the another part is that we wanted to for the uh for this dlc to you know involve the community in some way um and bring them into help help doing uh to to that effort uh so and yeah it's it's like i said it's uh it's truly good to see a lot of uh you know good goodwill come out of this that's yeah. nice. Well, inspiring, as you say. Um, Nellis, what, what's your job? Uh, uh, we were talking about um, getting messages out, and that's exactly your job. So, so how, how is your job impacted by, by that relationship between Bohemia Interactive and the ICRC? So I will I will say that Scott's being modest when he says he wears a lot of hats. He does a lot of everything. Uh, <laughs> he he's definitely underplaying that a little bit. 
Um, I play mostly the part of um, kind of communicating with the community on certain things. Uh, I've done a, a lot of messaging and like kind of the back end uh, of logistics on some of their items, uh, occasional like graphic stuff if needed or things like that. But uh, for the bulk of it, I would say Scott and some of the other uh, team is is done most of it. I think my my end is now going to be now that their DLC has been released. Uh, now it's Scott can take a break, and a lot of my my stuff will now take over uh, in terms for helping promote and get uh, get this out there and I, uh, for for the cause um, because I think the forefront of all of this is is the effort of charity. Um, and, and I think that is the, the biggest driver behind this. And for the, the price that it is, um, it's only it's only it's only two dollars uh, for for this charity. I think that's not even a coffee cup at Starbucks. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I think I think it's truly a driver to like it's for something so small. You get a lot of content for it and you're doing good. So it's a win win for everybody. So that's that's where I come in is that it kind of really show that, you know, you're, you're helping and uh and if i can do anything to communicate that and get that the awareness out there for what they do what their icrc is doing um that that's yeah that's what i'm kind of doing at this point well there we are guys you've got the basis of uh this all uh this this small art of war dlc um it, it's it's a, a real pleasure to to uh, obviously raise money and, and it's our pleasure as well at Radio Arma to to um, help you guys uh, promote that that great uh, project. Let's talk about the project. Um, the, the DLC is uh, separated in two showcases plus the assets. So let's just say it's separated in two, two, uh, two parts. Uh, the first one is the Lars Blanken Gallery. What the heck is that? We, we basically, we typed that into Google and found plenty of shit, but not what we were looking for. So can you guys go ahead and, and explain where that comes from, who that would be or that would, that, that place or that person? Who knows? Go ahead. <laughs> um, actually, um, yeah, that's that's a good question for Niles as well. I'm interested to know if he knows who Lars Blanket is. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Ooh, surprise. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ambush uh, him with that. So, so until the until the project fully <laughs> came out, I I had to remind myself. Uh, but I believe if I'm going to correct, it had some ties into. I don't know the original history of it, but I know it ties into Laws of War a little bit as well. Uh, in that in that aspect, but uh, yeah, I'm going to leave this one to Scott for the the full ah, background. All right, I, I can tell you on Monday there's going to be a lot of shit talking in the in the <laughs> office. Uh, I don't know if you guys are back in the office, but there's going to be if not, there's going to be a lot of, of of insults in the in the in the chats or whatever to say, hey, you set me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's um yeah it, it is it is a little bit obscure the reference um i must admit um so Lars Blankham, uh basically uh this this name for, did uh, as Niles said it first cropped up in the laws of war um dlc uh and it was in the showcase idap uh and i, I was uh, oh. doing doing some of the whiteboards um if i if I remember it right, uh, and we we did a, a backstory for um, IDAP, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with IDAP, that's the uh, International Development and Aid Project. Um, it's kind of like our take on the Red Cross in the Armorverse. Um, you know, it's a humanitarian, non-governmental organisation, and uh, Lars Blankham 
is is the founder of this. Um, he he's basically um, this prodigal, uh, prodigal son who uh, is uh, his father was a capitalist shipbuilding tycoon uh, who made loads of money during the First World War, and um, Lars uh, Blankham was really uh, he didn't feel good about uh, this wealth that he ultimately inherited. Uh, and he decided to do something something good with it, uh, and uh, was instrumental in in the foundation of of Ida. So, the gallery um, is is named in 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 his honour, and uh, because the gallery is in Amsterdam, uh, which is incidentally also uh, the nationality of of Lars Blank, and he's he's a Dutch national. Uh, it it, it kind of makes sense, um, but if you want to if you want to know more about Lars Blanken, there's a, there's a few places you can uh, get all the information. One is directly in uh, Showcase IDAP. You can go and read about him on the whiteboard. You can then uh, uh, play the uh, Art of War uh, Showcase, uh, and you can. There is actually a painting of uh, Lars Blanken. In 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 the gal- in the gallery, so you can read the label and, and find out there. He's actually uh, so the guy like that is in the middle. In the middle isn't yeah, it? yeah, that's it. yeah. You got it. You got it. And um, if you want to find out even more, there's the, uh, the the wiki. I think there's information on him uh, online, and also uh, the quote uh, around the the fresco of the rotunda in in, in the gallery. Um, that was something that uh, we we wrote and attributed to to Lars Blanken. Um, it, and it's in Dutch. Uh, I, I had the guys in the office help me with that one. I, I can't possibly take credit for that. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's that's Lars Blanken. Uh, that's his that's his legacy. Uh, so gallery. he's a so he's a fictional um, person, um, and you'll only have to, to will get to meet him through his through his uh, his painting in the gallery. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, that, that's cool. That, that's so, so right. I, I just want to pause here one second and and just remind us, uh, us all, especially the listeners of of our last episode, episode thirty eight, where we were talking about um, um, storytelling. This is how complex storytelling is. It's like you you would you would do a backstory for even fictional people that have not even got into your into your 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 mission or your game this is completely mind-blowing <laughs> i love so yeah like this, i love this, story this the backstory of a guy who is the founder of the faction that isn't even featured in the dlc that, that is completely mind-blowing yeah. man <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought up uh, last episode. I, I did tune in. Uh, great episode. And, uh, yeah, um, it was really uh, – thank you for the kind words. And um, definitely it was it was really interesting to hear um, uh, Jay, uh, Jay's take on, on, on storytelling too. And I must admit that, that guy, he, he's my mentor. He's uh, really – you know, he showed me the craft of um, – sort of writing for video games um and and how how it differs from other forms of writing and storytelling mm. and uh yeah great guy really really influential um uh, on me and, and 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 what i do what i do now um yeah good a good friend so it's been really uh yeah and i, and I love it as well the storytelling the law the world building uh, it's great, and you know it's such a wonderful opportunity to to be able to do that for a living. Um, uh, I don't take it for granted. It's it's really a lot of fun. It really is. 
Well, there you go, guys. Go ahead and, and go and, and click on that 38th episode once you finish this this one. Um, it, it's, a, it's a very nice um, episode to learn all about um, uh, the, the backstory of plenty of the DLCs, especially the ones that have been implicated, well, where Miller has been implicated. So, yeah. Um, thank you, Scott, for sharing that with us. It, it's always great to 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 get from from people from the inside, especially given where you where you come from. Um, uh, if you guys don't know, uh, uh, Scott was before he in- entered the uh, the Bohemian Interactive team. You won the uh, uh, Make Armor Not War um, contest with uh, the your your uh, what was it? it? It was a campaign. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was so that's, uh, that, that yeah. that's where this guy comes from. So yeah, mm-hmm. let's take the, what he's saying seriously. So back to the topic. <laughs> uh, how how did you choose which artworks to add to the gallery? Um, we saw that uh, obviously there was the contest um, before you created the, the 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 DLC. Obviously, the contest was part of the whole project. We guess, um, but in the gallery we can see a lot of different um pictures um not only the guys that won uh there are plenty plenty of of um artworks can you say a few words on that uh you want to take it together or you want me no no you go ahead no all right yeah, well yeah, uh yeah. so i think you you touched on it a bit the the start of it was obviously the the art of art of war contests uh, a lot of, we took in submissions from the community uh, during this period uh, and a lot of a lot of people submitted uh, for this uh, but then uh, at some point during during the you know when we were, we were looking about we said there's a lot of other community art uh, out there and uh, especially you know looking looking around on twitter or facebook or whatever other place uh, we noticed there's a lot of things that like would be interesting to include especially to fill out the rest of the gallery um, so at that point you uh, during the contest we decided to open up a screenshot category as well and got additional additional submissions through there um even beyond that we said uh, there were some that we just we felt was uh, truly you know truly important to include uh to the gallery as kind of a you know tribute uh, or like a little bit of you know inclusion to bringing the community as part of this uh, this effort um especially like i said because it's such a charity focused thing to bring make you know make the community uh you know feel like they're part of this um in order to for the effort uh and at which point um, after we, you know, we filtered through a lot of a lot of selections and things like that, it, it came down to, you know, what what best fit in there and uh, how 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 we would do that. But uh, Scott could probably talk on a little bit further as well. Yeah, no, I mean, you ask how we we arrived at the decision of, of what our artwork to feature. Well, with with great difficulty, there was uh, so much coming <laughs> in um, from uh, from from Twitter, but also from our submission forms. Uh, and yeah, the response was great. And uh, I'm just going to take this 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 opportunity to to thank everyone listening who 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 did enter or you know who in fact for anyone who has ever done anything creative in armor, um, you know. Thank you. I mean, it, it, this is this is Agreed. a large, a large part of what the contest is about. is 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 really a celebration of of this community creativity. Um, um, let, let me just uh, say one thing. But, but while we're on the topic, and that was actually my next question: is is it actually uh, a paying a, tr- a tribute to the artwork to, um, community? <laughs> yes, just just yes. 
uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we we have um, the 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 pillars um, of Bohemia Interactive, uh, like you know what we stand for, um, is uh, basically um, uh, curiosity, creativity, but uh, also community. Uh, they are, are what we call our three C's, um, and and community is is so important to to, to what we do. Um, we, you know, it's when without without that that uh, that support, uh, we we can't really achieve anything. Really, you know, it's 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 so vital. Um, so yes, uh, it is indeed a, a tribute um, to uh, this uh, community creativity. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it definitely has gotten. Uh, I feel like you, even you know, since before the post or the release of this DLC, it's people have definitely been excited and uh, you know part of the process to get it to where it's been at. Um, you know, ever there's just just so much good like, creative people out there. Whether you're a modder or whether you're a uh, you know screenshot you know content creator, uh, there's just there's so many people who are involved, and uh, it's good to see that they're they're excited and passionate about this DLC in order to you know help promote for a good cause in that same way. Yeah, and I mean as well for me, what was particularly exciting during the project was when we were receiving these entries, um, and every morning you know I'd check my uh, check the submission forms, uh, check my inbox. And you know, you would you would click on an entry, and it would load, and you'd be like, "Wow, what? This is amazing!" And and some some of the stuff we received was just mind blowing. Really, you know, really just beautiful. Really, really great stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, another another thing that did factor into the the selection of the artwork for the gallery uh, is the theme, uh, which is basically um, revolving around. Uh, international humanitarian law in future conflict. So, for me, uh, I, I was definitely on the on the lookout for any artworks that uh, could highlight this theme and uh, kind mm. of augment it, or, or, or really, you know, um, sort of get to grips with with what, what it is uh, we wanted to to sort of um, communicate. Um, and there were some just really amazing entries. One was. Uh, I know uh, one called Bad Harvest uh, by Mark Bailey that that that, that really I, I thought was quite incredible. Uh, it was uh, on entomological warfare, which basically is a warfare that involves uh, weaponized insects, uh, and it's just this, oh. these, these these locusts um, that have been uh, dropped in like a uh, like a payload, uh, and they're they're just ravaging uh, the crops. Um, which is ag- uh, against uh, international humanitarian law. You know, it's 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 a weapon that is uh, causing famine and hunger, and it's uh, it's not uh, distinguishing between uh, soldiers and and civilians, and it's attacking infrastructure. So you know, it, it, and uh, it, it's a new you know, it's it's not something that exists right now, but it it could do. It it, it, it well maybe someone. Uh, is working on it in some clandestine uh, laboratory somewhere. Who knows? But, but hopefully, you know, you've just not given, not just given the idea. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's scary for. But there was there, there was so much else as well. There was um, you know a, a lot um, touching on the darker sides of um, modern technology, like the use of robots in wars, like the first prize winners, uh, Nick, uh, Nicholas um, Humphrey and Austin McGinty, the two first prize winners. They took some really. Um, 
sort of foreboding looks at uh, technology and robots um, uh, and drones in warfare. Yet, uh, conversely, there's uh, some really colourful and uh, optimistic takes on the use of uh, new technologies uh, in relation to IHL. Um, so uh, immediately the, the pictures by uh, Maria Komarova and Diana Pomoseva, um, they, they did some great pictures of uh, utility drones um, coming in to delivering uh, life-saving aid uh, and also... Uh, pack bots um, rescuing uh, civilians, carrying them to safety. So mm. you know, it's not it's not all bad. Um, it, it's a very rich topic that um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. With new technologies, they're being used in different ways. Um, some of it is is terrifying, like uh, the the concept of grey goo, which is also in the gallery. Um, you know, sort of nanotechnology that self replicates and could potentially destroy uh, all life on Earth. You know, that, I mean? that reminds me of, of the rep, <laughs> the replicators in Stargate, uh, yeah. Stargate HG, SG SG one. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah t- talking about talking about robots and technology. Mm. If you've been um, walking around the uh, Lars Blanken Gallery, you've probably met one of uh, uh, what Scott was was talking about just just before. Yeah, um, they called it, I think. Yeah, Cyrus, go ahead and and, mm. and talk a bit about those. I guess you kind of already answered it, but I guess the the question I had because I, I saw it when I was walking around, I was like, oh, that's that's kind of a cool little take on on the the drones that are already in the game. I was wondering if that was something that was like on the cutting room floor, basically. Did did the were the doggos meant to be in the game, or is it? Uh, I guess something that someone else has uh, come up with and introduced for this DLC. <laughs> I'm really uh, I'm really glad you asked, actually. Um, and uh, that was that was Nilla's um, star star part in the DLC. Hey, uh, they got a doggo. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, his contribution to the voice acting, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, um, yeah. So uh, our, uh, a member of the community, uh, quite a well-known community member, uh, horrible goat. Uh, that that doggo, that that packbot that you see on the uh, rotating diorama was actually was actually his creation. Um, and it's really cool. Um, he even uh, contributed a little bit to Armorverse Law with uh, Wolf and Robotics, um, which in turn kind of inspired me to, to make a T-shirt and put the doggo on a T-shirt to sort of support uh, the, the the model that he made. But actually, uh, the doggo that uh, uh, horrible goat um, it was actually that he made. It was it was a submission uh, for the contest in the uh, 3D modeling um, part of the of the contest and uh it was a really um fantastic um submission and we we wanted to to give it um worthy recognition in 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 the gallery um and i, I think he's actually working on on releasing it uh the doggo as a, as animated. a proper animated full yeah. um working uh drone um uh, as, a, as a mod he's definitely got big plans uh, for it last time I, I spoke but yeah um obviously um in an official capacity releasing something like that there's a lot of hidden um uh, work um that challenges would require... yeah yeah you know there's for for creating a vehicle in in armor free uh even something small like that, that is deceptive and that there would have been uh, it would have been quite a, a drain of resources to really support something so it's only a static uh object in the mm. gallery 
but uh, yeah, it is is it's a nice addition. And and what is interesting is that the the pack bot uh, was kind of uh, it wasn't something that we planned, um, but it appears in a lot of the artworks in the gallery. Um, so it's weird. It was almost like this. I think that the these uh, pack bots have left quite an impression on on the sort of modern collective uh, imagination. Um, because well, we were seeing lots of lots of entries featuring them coming in, um, so he has lots of incarnations in the gallery for sure. Yeah, I, I guess because it's very similar to that uh, that Boston Dynamics one that everyone's seen floating around in parks and things. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that's clearly what what uh, terrified a lot of the a lot of the people <laughs> on on social media. <laughs> Okay, so um, we're now going to be uh, moving on to um, s- some additions that were brought with um, with the DLC, uh, some commands um, that have been impacting the uh, community on Twitter, especially if you haven't um, followed. Uh, it's the set object scale. It's actually a, 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 um, an engine command that will enable you to set uh, the scale of a non-simulated uh, object, um, whether it would be a character or a house or a rabbit, whatever, um, and and you can set the scale. So either put it very small or extremely big, and that is uh, one of the excitements of um, this new DLC. Uh, was the set object scale command created um, for the purpose of the DLC? Well, uh, it took me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah, it it, it was um, uh, that that actually uh, was the brainchild of um, our uh, one of my colleagues um, in uh, Amsterdam, Martin Staniak. Uh, I think a lot of you will know him as uh, Deadman. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, started uh, circulating some short videos and screenshots of uh, something that he'd been working on. And uh, I remember seeing, I think it was like a, 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 a one of these A-10 style uh, wipeout um, jet fighters yeah. on, 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 on the back of a, of a character which had been shrunk and <laughs> it was being worn as a backpack. Um, <laughs> and uh, then we started seeing uh, like Miller riding rabbits and, uh, all sorts of craziness, and, and we were we were sold. We were like, yeah, I think, I think we've reached that point in Armor Free's lifespan where now is the time um, to uh, maybe to create fun things. <laughs> yeah, maybe take ourselves a little and, less. And, and I mean, even if you, you, you know, beyond the the like the joking things you could do with it, obviously there's a lot of things you can scale up and down that are like, why is there a you know a car this or a tank the size of uh, King Kong? Uh, but you can do fun things like this that you couldn't before, like scaling a, a rock or a tree in a certain way yeah. that into a map, or um, with like certain bar- barricades or different things like that. Um, obviously, it, it, it's you know it's a simulation of a sandbox, so you could do whatever you wanted with it. But there are there are actual relevant ways you could use it uh, beyond just making uh, everyone carrying around a a tiny miller in their hands or something but. <laughs> yeah no i mean uh, Niles makes an excellent point um for for scenario designers 
um, and mission makers, the the possibilities are, are really it does it does open some doors. Um, even in the um, showcase art of war in the gallery, we've uh, created some small dioramas by shrinking. Um, like some drones um, for, for display models, um, but also really like really basic stuff. Um, for instance, uh, if you wanna if you, if you want to sit a unit on a chair uh, and you're having some issues with clipping, uh, or maybe uh, the unit's feet don't quite reach the ground, you can very uh, subtly increase or decrease the size of the chair so you get that really nice. Uh, mm. A nice visual effect um, without clipping. So there's there's practical uses as well, which is which you know um, great for screenshots in particular. Yeah, definitely. Does does it change the like the collisions as well? So like you said, if you up sized up a, a barricade up or down, would it change like the cover it gives you as well, or is it just the model? Uh, I think uh, I, hmm. I would have to test it, but I, I do believe that uh, it, it it scales um, everything up. But don't don't quote me on that. I'd have to I'll have to test it. Yeah, but, we'll, um, we'll we'll have the 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 listeners go ahead and and test it out with. Uh, yeah, but let, I, I was yeah, gonna say find out on your own. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, yeah. it does depend yeah. on I think what what you're scaling up and down. Mm, okay. Yeah, um, the only the only caveat is I think it has to be used in conjunction with the attach to command. I believe. Um, oh, okay. So, um, but it, it really is helpful for sort of static scenes um, in scenarios or, or screenshots uh, as well. You can do a lot with it um, in those. Without um, spoiling anything for the listeners, uh, obviously each and one mm-hmm. of you are obviously going to go ahead and and explore the Lars Blanken Gallery. But my one question I'm going to ask to close this whole topic is... Is, is it really a spoiler, I wonder? It is a spoiler for mm. the achievement. So, mm. yeah, we're, we're really going to... Because I had a, a, a hard time finding him. Uh, so my question is, what is the spy trying to discover? <laughs> and and we'll obviously i mean we'll, we'll we'll get your answer but i'm gonna leave the the listeners just go ahead and find the spy but can we just say redacted or like... <laughs> yeah, that's what i was gonna say is yeah that's classified yeah um we'll, but yeah we'll just run five seconds of that beep noise <laughs> <laughs> but there there is there is something that uh he is he's aspiring um I can't quite remember what I put in the in the mission now. I think it had something to do with uh, bootlegged uh, Uda combat or something. I can't remember, but yeah, there's there's something going on there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll have to talk about the backstory in the future with you, Scott. Obviously, because we, we we don't want to <laughs> spoil anything for for the viewers for the listeners. Sorry. Um, so moving on now to the second part of that DLC is called cultural property is the second showcase of the dlc um the the description is cryptic um sorry go ahead yeah so you you encounter the challenges of future conflict uh protect cultural property manage international uh humanitarian law um it's yeah it, it Sounds like it's going to be a little bit of an in, an interesting scenario, like a bit different to what you've done before. Is that right? Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, it's 
taking uh, off a little bit um, from uh, laws of war, um, cultural property, it's not something that we explored in great detail in, in laws of war. And it's um, something that uh, I think we we wanted to touch upon. Uh, and I know um, myself particularly, um, I was quite, quite eager to... Um, sort of talk a little bit about it or, or communicate some of the uh, ideas of, of cultural property. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's actually something um, that uh, I think Hollywood uh, even alighted upon it once with uh, that film Monuments Men. I don't know uh, mm-hmm. if any of you ever saw it, but um, there was a special unit in World War II that was put together to protect uh, items of uh, importance of culture cultural property really um so works of art statues um you know bridges um ancient bridges and and uh churches and this kind of thing and 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 to protect them um from uh, uh the the devastation of of war and for me personally i remember many many years ago um going to my my favorite place on the planet which was the the british museum uh, and uh, I remember there was a small um, sort of information board uh, giving details um, on uh, the ancient city of Babylon, uh, and uh, it was a lot of it is is, is buried. Um, but it was during the uh, during the the Gulf War. I can't remember which one now, but there was a, a military base built on top of the uh, the, the remains of, of, of Babylon, on, and. Uh, the oh, weight, okay. the weight, the weight of the tanks moving over uh, the the ruins was completely destroying the archaeology, and and, oh, no. and and seeing this kind of um, this initiative um, and 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 this uh, uh, kind of call out um, uh, being organised by the British Museum in tandem with some of the um, beautiful displays that they have there on ancient Mesopotamia and um, the Assyrian reliefs and various other things seeing it um seeing what could be lost um in context was yeah it, it did it made quite quite an impression um and uh, it's a big topic for sure but it was something that we wanted to um to sort of include and uh there are um i, I spoke about uh the monuments men in world war Two, but even today um there are initiatives that are uh, being undertaken by uh, various militaries around the world. I know the um, Smithsonian Institute is one, um, and uh, I think even uh, in Britain uh, they're, they're, they're looking to do something similar. Um, but basically it involves um, sort of specialists, art specialists, um, working working with the military to, to protect uh, these items of, of cultural property. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really uh, it's, it's something very different, um, and in 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 showcase cultural property, there is a character from the fictitious uh, British uh, Cultural Rescue Initiative. Um, uh, oh, it, how 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 I I am already imagining the, the who that is. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm scared of what what's going to happen. Okay, so um, our first question on cultural property is is why go for a hostage rescue? Yeah, um that that sort of connects um to uh the other part um 
of uh, the DLC that we wanted to communicate um, and uh, sort of encourage uh, uh, our players to, to to think about was the um, the theme I mentioned earlier for the for the gallery, which was uh, IHL International Humanitarian Law um, in Future Conflict. Um, so, how does that connect uh, to the hostage? Well. Uh, in that, it, it, I don't want to spoil too much, but in, in, in the scene in the showcase, um, IDAP scramble some uh, uh, some drones, I think a utility drone and uh, a surveillance drone, to um, sort of uh, act as legal observers uh, because we there's a there's a hostage situation, and um, what they want to do is uh, sort of deter. Uh, the captors from executing the hostage and and committing a war crime, and it's I think it's quite a good example of how modern technology um, kind of uh, how it can be used uh, by um, humanitarian groups to um, to sort of stop something bad from happening, and it's it's the flip side to uh, this kind of uh, how should we say um, the really dark side of uh uh innovation where you know you see uh killer drones and and gray goo and all these all the bad things that come with uh human progress um it's it's refreshing to see um how uh humanitarian groups get quite creative uh and exercise some ingenuity in uh using modern technology for for good um to, to save lives and uh, to do uh, to affect positive change in the world so it's uh you know it cuts both ways when we prepared the um this whole topic uh cyrus you had a concern about the ai yeah. what was that so like i I've tried, I've done hostage rescue sort of scenarios before, and I'm sure I'm sure every mission maker has tried to do it before. And you always run into trouble with the AI not doing what you want when you when you're trying to set this stuff up. How, did you run into any any struggles uh, with the with the scenario? Perfect, one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's my that's my official response. <laughs> no, I, of course, any any um, anybody sort of uh, familiar with mission making and armor knows that AI can sometimes be a bit tricky to work with. Let's uh, let's be honest. Um, but um, on the whole, uh, with the with the hostage um, side of things, uh, no. Um, Fortunately, in our case, the the hostage is is bound and uh, uh, he's 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 not really going anywhere. Um, uh, okay. But uh, I think we, you know, there were a few issues like the convoy uh, convoy movement was, you know, a bit problematic in places. Um, but you know, this is uh, yeah, it's 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 to be expected. And and it, to be fair, uh, I think it's similar for a lot of games. The AI is. Uh, you know, it can be an extremely uh, uh, tricky thing. It's a, it's a can of worms for for, for many for many developers, <laughs> especially where Arma is such a large sandbox where anything could really potentially happen where they go where they want and do what they want. But yeah, uh, yeah working around it. There's so many variables in Arma as well. It's it's um, it's not always very linear. It, we we AI is it needs to work that much harder in in an Arma free sandbox. 
Talking about the Arma 3 sandbox, um, Bohemia Interactive, through all of their campaigns, has been covering, uh, I mean, pretty much every aspect. Or, I, I mean, most of the ones I know, um, the aspects of uh, armed conflict. Um, N- Niles, um, is it is important... Is it important, sorry, for Bohemia Interactive to to actually cover all of those aspects of of the military conflicts um, throughout all of their DLCs? I would say it is very important. Uh, Is it a requirement for Bohemia? I don't think so. Uh, But I think it's, I mean, DLC like this and things like Laws of War or anything, any pretty much a lot of the DLC we work on uh, does a lot of things that, uh, like you know, beyond just military simulation is like education. Uh, the thing when it came to like laws of war, teaching about you know, inter, you know international law. Uh, with art of war, we talk about the you know the cultural property, and this and especially in this situ- like scenario, there's something that we. Uh, get which you don't see a lot of games is discretion. Uh, talking about you know they're like looking about thinking, you know. You know, what like I have to stop these people from like taking the art or doing something like that, but um, how we do it and like also doing a little mm. investigation and it's not just about you know going around and shooting everything. Uh, it's it's more about okay, there's there's a moment of you know it's a pause and things like that. But I think I think Bohemia Interactive over the years has done a great job of uh, bringing different topics and uh, bringing different uh, like you know experiences for the player uh, that you wouldn't normally think about, even with contact um like the like the expansion of contact it's it it made us start thinking about okay what would that scenario look like if you know extraterrestrials did come to earth (laughs) um but the same thing is like i said with the start of war is we're looking at you know like we're thinking of another avenue uh that of things that we most people don't think about in a military Mm -hmm. setting yeah, I suppose that's a good segue to the next question as well, because um, I, I was going to ask what kind of an experience you're crafting. So you said it's sort of, sort of a, a discretion, so more more like your your clandestine kind of operations kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I mean, it wouldn't have to necessarily be like a stealth, like and you, you normally mm. think in that concept. But I mean, discretion in the sense that you have to think. You have to. It's not you like some some moments in this uh, this scenarios. You have to kind of you know stop and think about like what you're about to do, or uh, you it makes you think about oh the artwork in this building and things like that. And it goes it, it kind of once you played it and kind of like this after you played Laws of War, for example, you you thought about oh the different you know different outcomes of war, different uh, outcomes of uh, you know like minds and things when you play them around like what the, what are the consequences of those decisions um, so at the same way like i said it's it's kind of educational in that, those manners um but i think for the experience that we're trying to craft for the player is to really just to think and put outside the like you know put them outside the box of just a normal uh you know your simple straightforward uh, like a uh, first-person shooter or uh, like just a shooter game it's uh we, we really have the ability to really you know push the bounds with our you know like the sandbox and without that that whole area of things to really do whatever we want to uh, teach and you know expand on and especially working with the icrc we have a, ro- a lot of room to um you know uh, build those experiences environments uh to you know help craft the experience for uh, teaching about cultural property or teaching about laws of war or teaching about uh, whatever we might we might want to you know get out there and educate i think that's exactly what we can say about armor 3 compared to the previous titles uh, mm. is that armor 3 has been way more educational uh than than armor 2 than armor th- uh, 1 um and and uh, the, the, w- w- scott was that 
something you were thinking about when you were writing um, and when you were thinking about this DLC? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a really tricky uh, sort of path to follow because uh, where we want to sort of uh, educate players or where we want to introduce them to, to new themes and, and new ideas, we don't want to um, do it in a overtly didactic way. You know, we don't want to sit here and say, uh, you know, this is what you have to understand. This is what you must learn. You know, we want it to be um, sort of something that uh, is is a sort of passive, you know, it's take it or leave it. It's here if you want to find out more, if you want to learn about this uh, aspect of, of of warfare so the the educational elements i think are are, are really uh important because uh also they they translate um into the sort of uh into real world knowledge um and uh can sort of uh yeah there, there's a lot of a lot of crossover there um for instance i know we have uh, a lot of players who who are in the military um, so, you know, if they're if they're playing a scenario where they're learning perhaps little little tidbits of um, trivia or information about um, international humanitarian law, it, it might have a practical application for them. Um, so, it, you know, we're we're trying to assist uh, the ICRC as well in in, in raising awareness. Um, so it's it's our attempt to show a little bit of solidarity with them uh, and communicate some of these um sometimes quite quite complicated issues um you know and uh like like the icrc i think we're also realists but we understand that um you know the in the real in, in the in the real world it's 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 not black and white and uh, things do get get messy it's shades of gray um and complicated issues but yeah yeah so we don't want to we don't want to sort of take this uh uh, this this line where it's like oh you know this 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 is always the right thing to do or this is always uh, how how it, how it is because it's not I mean conflict is essentially about groups of people killing one another um, and uh, international humanitarian law uh, it's it, it's something that does does suffer um, you know I mean we may have laws but if people are unwilling or uh they don't want to enforce them it's it's problematic but the least that we can do is 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 give people uh the information and 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 to address these issues and and to share that uh with people uh so uh, yeah i mean that's that's definitely part of the experience that we we want to 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 share with with you all yeah for sure well thank you scott thank you niles for sharing on on this amazing dlc and now we're just going to move on a little bit with the assets that uh, you guys can can find in this new dlc uh, there are a few uh, not much obviously it's just fitting uh, what you can find in the showcases uh, but some of them are actually very interesting we'll be talking about about those just in a moment first uh, my first question for for you guys is is which studio created these assets i remember that for um the apex especially uh, a lot of the assets were created by one of your asian um, um studios was it hong kong or singapore i don't remember uh, so yeah, uh, that would be our um, studio in Thailand. 
um, this is this is definitely the part where um, <laughs> I, I, I start saying a big big thank you to like all the help that we've had uh, in, in getting this uh, DLC this DLC ready and out there. Is that um, yeah, especially uh, our team of artists in Thailand. They 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 did a lot of um, really nice work, um, particularly on some of the more complex assets uh, that we're seeing in the DLC, such as the um, the formal suit, the parade dress uniform, the backpack. Um, you know, these aren't these aren't simple assets to create, um, and and you know they they did a, a really nice nice job, I think, and I hope others feel the same. They they've done a nice job with them. Um, as well as some of the the smaller assets, um, Thailand took care of things like the uh, the flowers, uh, the, the the reef, the coffins you see in the game, the the parade dress cap, um, yeah, and they're, they're really talented guys, and uh, yeah, lovely bunch. Um, so, like, my big big thanks, big thanks to them for for their um, contribution. Um, some of it, uh, some of the assets were were handled. Um, by myself, um, the gallery, um, the the portraits, uh, the, the the picture frames, um, rather, uh, and uh, diorama units, things like that. Um, I had some assistance from my uh, uh, colleague Stan Babik, who, who very diligently um, helped me with some of the more uh, complex parts of um, creating structures uh, in Armour Three, namely the the, the texture emblems and, and and things like that. Um, so yeah, it. it it was a definitely a joint uh, effort with regards to the assets, and we had significant support um, from Thailand. Yeah, for sure. So let let's talk about one of the these assets you just you just um, listed is uh, the the parade uniform. Uh, was that a request from Milsim units? Uh, for, for I mean, for years, or was that just one of your ideas to 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 put in the DLC? Uh, and you thought that it would be a, a good idea for the rest of the communities in that are playing armor. Uh, so yeah, with that one, um, I think it's been on the cards for like a while. Um, Niles, I think you'll probably agree with me. Um, I think it's something that the community have been wanting for a while. I think that's fair to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's something that has been requested numerous times. Um, and also for the themes of the DLC, it, it seemed to fit. That was something else um, with, with the assets that we included is we wanted to somehow um, reflect the uh, what it's all about. And, and, you know, it ties into the, the sort of experience that we wanted to uh, deliver. So, um, yeah, in answer to your question, um, I, I think it, it's fair to say it was a request from some of the some of our Milsim communities. I, I don't, yeah, for the, I think for the DLC, I don't think it was the, the original driving feature for it. But, I mean, obviously, this is a something that all Milsim communities or, you know, people who kind of do semi-role play or something with that, like nature for a scenario or something or a mission uh, can use these for. And obviously, you have your HVTs or your, you know, your situations where, you know, like you said, the Milsim communities can use these uniforms. Uh, as part of a part of their their culture or how they play with, um, but uh, yeah, it's part of the, part of the DLC. Scott said it best is uh, it kind of fit the theme for the art of our war. So uh, it was important to kind of include that. Mm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the real big vibe I'm getting from both of you guys is is really that uh, with this DLC, 
you had your hands free from the rest of the development of of Armor Three. Now, now that Armor Three has 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 entered a stable state, you guys have complete freedom to create real um, new assets that have been like needed from by the community for for some time. And on the other side, create some crazy features that that y- you you didn't have time or the energy to to do before. Um, so I would say we're more in what we call the live ops, uh, operation mode of our development of Arma 3. Um, we are obviously looking at, you know, we have a team that's kind of looking at, uh, you know, bugs and fixing those things and kind of anything that kind of on a side project can we can fit in. But, uh, for the main part uh, at this point, we are no longer doing major DLCs or major expansions or major things like that. A lot of that is going to come obviously from, uh, our, our, uh, uh, the creator creator DLC uh, program and things like that in the future, uh, but uh, to, if we maybe have the time or something to want to add in, we who knows? But uh, there's no obviously no promises for any of that. But yeah, I mean when 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 we talk about freedom to to, to do anything, um, in, in one sense yes, uh, and in another um, not really because um, you know the project is a little bit of a rearguard action in the sense that we we simply don't have um, the resources that we uh, had available um, for other other DLCs. You know, the team are moving on towards the future and, 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 and new things. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, creative freedom, yes, um, but sort of uh, we couldn't have delivered, say, like some kind of naval DLC or, or something like that. It would have just been outside our, our, our scope. Um, but more than that, you know, going back to what we we said earlier, we wanted it to be uh, a celebration of um, community talent. Um, we we really wanted it to, you know, um, speak volumes for uh, the the contributions made um, by you guys out there and uh, the wonderful artwork that you've submitted. We we wanted it to be, uh, yeah, like we said earlier, a tribute. Yeah, a tribute. Yeah, that's what that that's probably well how how we're we're going to name the episode actually that 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 sounds great <laughs> tribute dot dot <laughs> art of war dlc Ta-da! um amazing uh amazing um information uh for, from from you guys thank you so much for for that um i think i think the next question i'm sorry this was not planned i'm just going to throw that to you and you can just not answer or or answer whatever you you want to do um completely complete freedom to you guys um is is what's the next what's the next step now is from what i understand and from what we've seen and heard it's probably going to be the cl cs l a oh my god the the naming of this thing uh csla uh um dlc creator dlc aaron curtain uh mm-hmm. is that gonna come next uh so currently it's planned uh later this year uh and yeah we we are yeah that, right now that's our kind of next focus probably after this uh but i mean obviously kind of for the immediate future uh, we are focused on, you know, raising money for this Art of War DLC. Um, but yeah, definitely we, our next our next projects or any creator DLCs that might be coming as part of the program. Um, but yeah, Iron Curtain is uh, planned for later this year, hopefully, uh, to get, get out to uh, all the players. Exciting news. Fantastic. 
Um, just last question on the assets. Um, is the gallery inspired by a real place in Amsterdam? Because uh, for, for you guys listening, uh, you can actually go into the editor and, and place that that gallery uh, however you want. You can uh, put it down on the ground and actually uh, use it for your scenario. So, so here, here we go. Um, was that inspired by a real place in Amsterdam? <laughs> well, um, yeah, um, my Amsterdam uh, colleagues are probably going to uh, kill me for saying this, <laughs> but uh, actually, actually, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, one name I, I, I haven't uh, mentioned yet, uh, Joris uh, Van Land, uh, project, project lead for the entirety of, uh, of like the Armour Free as it, as it is at the moment. Um is uh, I, I think I may have led him to believe that it was uh, definitely a place in in, in <laughs> inspiration from my my time in uh, the Netherlands, but uh, the truth is it's it's a little a little closer uh, closer to home. Um, I mean, definitely uh, there are there are elements of um, sort of galleries or. Uh, Museums, and, and this was actually a question that came up in development: is is the Blanken is it a gallery? Is it a gallery or a museum? Because uh, there's there's definite meanings to, to both words, but uh, I'm going to use them a little bit interchangeably here. But uh, um, there's the like Franz Hau uh, Franz Hau's museum in Harlem, uh, obviously the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam, uh, the Mauritshuis um, in the Hague. They they all they all made uh, like a, an impression on me. But probably the the most direct inspiration is uh, somewhere called the uh, Courtauld Gallery in Somerset House in London. Um, the uh, Rotunda um, was sort of inspired by uh, the one that they have there. Uh, it's a little the one in game is is less ornate, um, but it's also uh, inspired by uh, the, uh, the classical architecture of the uh, Rotunda. On, uh, Capitol Hill uh, in, in in Washington. Um, that's kind of where you get the gold leaf inscription on on the fresco. And uh, again, it's it's not quite as intricate as the real world one. But uh, there's also the uh, London's uh, Tate Gallery uh, again with its really iconic uh, glass dome. So if I'm absolutely honest, uh, a lot of the inspiration is is is, is come from uh, our galleries uh, in the UK. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there, there you go. That's, that's okay. That's, Fantastic. That's Fantastic. Well, um, go ahead. And since we can't go and actually visit them, so just go ahead on, on Google Maps or Google Earth or whatever and try to, to visit them virtually. I don't know if that's even possible. Uh, but there you have it. Um, yeah, thank- it, it is actually. Uh, you can do the virtual tours. Uh, I was doing a few. Uh, I was doing a few d- during the research for the for the gallery. So ah. uh, with a, with the pandemic on, why not do a, do a virtual tour of the Uffizi or the Louvre or the Rijksmuseum? Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I I really enjoyed that part of development. I must say. <laughs> Fantastic. Well. I, I would really want to uh, thank you both for coming on the show. It was a great time uh, talking about this new DLC. Uh, I would really want to extend the invitation to all Armour 3 players. And further, I mean, people probably just interested in Armour in general, but haven't even bought the game. Go ahead and 
buy the game, buy this new DLC. It is money raising to uh, ICRC. Um, if you're just uh, uh, looking for a good reason to just uh, give money for a good cause, here's your here's your here's your your chance. Um, so yeah, we'll be fully supporting this this DLC. We're very happy it's out. Uh, and so thank you, Niles, for for coming on the show to talk yeah, about. Um, well, your, your your community work. Um, we've been following it for some time, and it's uh, it's a blessing to have a community manager. Um, so yeah, go ahead. We'll be we'll be helping you uh, promote this uh, this great DLC. Thank you so much, Scott, for coming on the show as well to well to talk about all those very complicated notions and 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 very uh, interesting topics <laughs> that oh. involve an actual dlc creating a ah. dlc is super complicated so oh well thanks for having me and you know it's been it's been great great opportunity to to talk about the project and uh yeah thank you very much I guess for me, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, really push into, you know, just really think about donating uh, as part of the cause to ICRC. I mean, it's like I said before, it's, this is only $2 and it's hardly like a, you know, inconvenient uh, amount of money that goes for a lot of a, a very small amount but it can lead to a large amount for if everyone kind of contributes in uh, and for a very good cause um and in any way you can support it uh, is appreciated um but uh, if if you don't decide you know you don't have the money you don't want to pr provide that uh you will get all of this in about you know approximately 10 months for free uh so it's really we're just really showing that appreciation to the community for all their efforts and already contributing and uh really uh, all, all the way through along the way to we, how we got to this point uh, a lot of people have uh, done a lot for us and we we hope to continue this uh, going forward yeah for sure um i can only really second that and say that um if, if you can give something um you know great uh, and it, yeah we really we really hope um that we can do something nice for the the icrc um and uh i suppose uh, last few words from me would be a uh, massive massive thank you to, to everyone out there who's uh, got involved with uh, the contest with the DLC um, in the community. I mean, it's really, I genuinely can say it's been quite humbling, uh, uh, all the, 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 the lovely entries uh, that we've had coming in. Um, and uh, it's it's wonderful to be able to share those uh, in, in the gallery. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a great chance to sort of touch base with, so many of you directly and um, through emails and uh, chats and in Discord and Twitter and various other places. Um, it's been really, it's been an honour. Um, and yeah, I, I guess uh, the only the only other thing that I, I have to say is extend a, a, a huge thanks to like everyone who's been involved um, internally um, at Bohemia um, on the project. Um, I I can't possibly uh, name name everyone because I'm always going to leave someone out. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm colleagues in in Amsterdam, Thailand, uh, Nishek, from random individuals who we who we roped into doing voice acting to guys who helped out preparing the uh, the website and uh, particularly. Um, Joris Bantland and his his brother Cornel Bantland, who have uh, been really really good um, and really just really working so hard to make this uh, 
something special, um, you know, our, our producer, um, Natasha, uh, who spent hours and hours going through uh, contracts for uh, getting voice actors on board. And oh, there's just so many people who have... Um, but anyway, yeah, you, you get the gist. So a big thanks to anyone who happens to be listening who, who lent a hand uh, with the project. Well, message is passed on. Thank you both for coming. <laughs> and Cyrus will be just jumping on directly to our next topic. What's happening in the PvP world in Armour 3? And this weekend is going to be a very exciting weekend because the Electronic Sports Masters uh, will be holding the um, uh, Master Cup for Capture the Flag. Um, so on the 27th and 28th, uh, if you want to tune in to watch some Armour 3 esports, uh, go ahead and tune in to one of the three main lives. It's going to be um, uh, streamed in French, uh, German, and English. Uh, so that is actually very interesting. Um, if if you don't know what esports in armor looks like, uh, it, it's going to be a huge event, and the finals will be on the um, Sunday. So just tune in to to check out um, those matches. Uh, a lot of um, cool communities uh, involved. Uh, you'll you'll see. Um, a lot of the communities you may know or may be part of. So go ahead and, and cheer for your favorite team. Uh, and uh, next month, beginning of ne next month, actually, it's going to be on the uh, 2nd of March. Um, Friday Night Fight is organizing their own tournament. It's going to be a tournament based on um, a, a game mode that is called Titan. It's a very restricted area in which uh, two teams of seven players with um, roles. Um, it's it's more milsim like uh, PvP, obviously. So there's going to be roles uh, for each player, and they're just going to have to uh, secure an objective. I think it's it's like secure some data. Uh, it's it's some sort of a very small end game. So that's going to be very exciting. Um, a lot of teams involved and that's going to be a, a great show. So here you go for the um, news uh, on the PvP uh, side of Armour. Uh, we now wish you a very happy uh, end of week. Um, take care wherever you are. Stay tuned on Radio Armour and until next transmission, Radio Silence.